Hello everybody, this is your host Clint Locklear with Rant of a Free Trapper and uh, I think we're going to have a pretty interesting show. Tonight's going to be a little bit more of a rant than than normal probably so uh, if you like that type of thing just sit back and enjoy. Guys, I am floored right now. Trump is actually doing exactly what we sent him to do in Washington. I would have been or I would have done anything to be sitting on a tarmac when this news came down the pipe. We sent Trump to go up there swinging elbows and, and knuckles. That's what we hired him for. People can say whatever they want. The people are so sick of Washington. That's what they hired the man for. They wanted somebody up there that was going to listen to them and that he was going to push and fight for what he said he was going to run for, which is exactly what it is. You may not like all about Trump. I don't think anybody does. But he's doing what we said to do. Now, there's a shutdown going on, in case you hadn't heard, I'm sure you have, because everybody that wants to make a big deal out of it is acting like it's a panic. I wish they would shut down more of it myself, because it's a waste of money. But, since they're shut down, there's things that are considered essential and non-essential. Non-essential is all the people that we pay all the time to do non-essential things, which in any other business in the world would be layoff because it's non-essential. But we, for some reason, the government, just government. Now, Pelosi is being an absolute witch when it comes to Trump. He's, she's being an absolute, I don't care, you can't do anything, witch when it comes to Trump. Trump got some revenge. I would have been I would have paid a lot of money to see her face. She's going on a on a a 747, I believe, pretty much just her. Uh it's come out that she spent like 2.1 million dollars on this basically traveling last year in a big uh taxpayer jet she's been keeps on hold in case she needs it. Trump canceled her airplane on an overseas trip. Oh, I would have loved to have seen Pelosi's face when she found out mm. that she wasn't going to get to travel on taxpayer money. Now, Pelosi can go buy a 747. She's like uber rich. That's not the point. The point is... That woman, I guarantee you, has never had to sacrifice for anything in the government because it was always an open checkbook. Trump just showed her that he can close it on anything that he considers frivolous. That is so awesome. Cancel Pelosi's airplane on an overseas trip. And I hope that she didn't find out about it till she was putting her foot first step on the rung to go up that thing on the ladder. I hope that's when they told her, yeah, you ain't going nowhere. Because I'm sure there was probably several minutes of blank eyes, stare in disbelief 
that she doesn't get to use taxpayer money to run around the world and drink. If you look at some of the reports out, $1,000 worth of alcohol to go somewhere. Good for Trump. Now, before we get into the rest of this, guys, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Funky Trap Tags and Supplies. That's Alan uh, and employee Alan. Uh, depends on uh, when you call, who you'll get. Both of them are uh, Alan owns it and employee Alan works there, but he's kind of his right-hand man and uh, doing a, a bang-up job. They've started shipping all my stuff. Everything's been going smoothly on that. But they have all the trap supplies. They have all of my products. They're all over Amazon, Bonanza, Walmart, eBay. They have their own stores, Hilltop Outdoors and Funky Trap Tags and Supplies. Uh, when you order it, it gets out the door really quick. I mean, they, they really, really work on getting stuff out the door quick. You don't have to worry about them trying to beat you on anything. Alan would rather cut off his right thumb than do that. I promise you that. I know him that well. So think about that because he is the sponsor of this. So if you, like, if you like the rant, he's the one that's paying the bills for it. So, you know, figure out a way to tell him thank you there if you would. Now... I want to discuss something very quickly, which I wasn't going to, but I just got some information that I thought was off the charts awesome. And I mean off the charts awesome. We're always talking about thinking outside of the box, being creative, doing all, you know, thinking all this different way. Well, apparently a state which they asked me to to not mention what state it is, so I'm going to respect that. The state association sent out a thing asking, how can we bump up sales at our first sale? How can we make this more interesting, get more people here? All that type stuff. Great question to ask. Well, somebody wrote back and said, we need to hire strippers and have them where they have the fur on them and you got to buy the fur to get it off of them. And that's going to be the first sale. That is thinking outside of the box. That would get people buying some fur, I promise you. Especially if it was on a bid situation. That is not going to happen, I assume. Um, it wouldn't bother me if it did. If it could get trappers more money, get the strippers in there. I don't care. You know, as long as kids aren't there. But whatever it took. But see, but that's thinking outside the box. How can we get more money? Well, you got to pay for them to get them off the stripper. You want to see more skin, you got to buy some fur. Awesome idea. Probably not that practical for what it is, but that's somebody that's thinking outside of the box. That's somebody, this state organization, probably needs to just, you know, keep in touch with a little bit because I guarantee you their brain is on a little bit different plane because I've never thought of that and I've never heard of anything like that. And I've never heard of anybody talking like that. Strippers at first sales to get more money. Love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, creative thinking, always going to win the day if you, if you go that route, I promise you. Now, I want to talk about Pelosi again. That woman is getting on everybody's nerves. And I, for one, when people talk about general population intelligent, whatever district she's from, 
that keeps electing that woman, there's no way you can tell me that that's a highly intelligent area. There's just no way. It's it's crazy to me. And and anybody that can look at her and just not, you know, your neck starts moving around and your eye starts twitching. You start looking for a door if she's on TV. Who in the world? You, you couldn't get anybody else elected like that. I mean, I, I, I'm blown away. But a funny thing just happened to Miss O'Pelosi that I think says everything about the topic that's been going on for the last probably two weeks now as far as the government shutdown and the border wall. A reporter, her name is Lamar, Her a reporter went and grabbed several illegals. Now, I don't know how many, but apparently it, was, it sounded like it was about a dozen. She went and grabbed some illegals because she had a place for them to go and they set up camp behind the fence at Pelosi's personal house and vineyard. Apparently, there's like 65 miles of privacy fence around Pelosi's house. That's okay for her to have it at her house, but you can't expect Americans to have it on the border of their country. Now, before everything broke loose, the reporter went up to see if she locked her own front door. And guess what? She did. So fences and doors are not immoral when it comes to her personal life. It's just immoral when it comes to your personal life. So keep that in mind. So this reporter took these illegals out on the land, the personal property where Pelosi lives. And I've been waiting for someone to do this. And I have a feeling it's going to start happening more and more to a lot of different liberals. I hope it does. And she actually had tents for the illegals on Pelosi's property. And, you know, when Pelosi just came out and said it's immorality, which they don't even fit the sentence, but it's immorality to have a wall. It sounds like some something crazy from Sharpton or something. She had these big white tents that she was, the illegals were staying in and had big red letters, immorality, across the top. Now, you would think that a rational person, regardless of politics, would at least hesitate about how in-your-face hypocritical you've been about the border wall when you see your word on a tent that have, has illegals in it behind your fence and you get upset over it. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. See, I really believe the reason Pelosi right now is trying to figure out a way so we don't have a state of a union, because she'll be sitting, if I remember right, on uh, if you're looking at Trump when he's giving the speech, just off his left shoulder, about four foot away. I mean, it, it, I think it'd be genius. I'm going to tell you how I think the state of the union should be done uh, this year, and I think it would prove the point to so... so uh, I, where no one could ever deny anything again and there's a good chance that a lot of liberals will get up running and screaming and crying from the, the audience but Pelosi on her own property had the reporter and the illegals arrested and removed now she's, she's in a sanctuary area 
So the illegals, that doesn't happen to them unless it's on her property where she has to deal with it, where she has to see this every day. As long as she can be, you know, in her little castle behind her fence, she has no concern whatsoever what everybody else is dealing with on a daily basis. I just think it's genius. I think, you know, Trump, he should just get the military and get a uh, CH-47. If you don't know what that is, that's a big freaking helicopter. It's the one with two propellers, one front and back. If I remember correctly, and I may have these numbers wrong, I think we could get 45 troops, combat troops on a, a CH-47, and more if you sit down in the floor. But just say everybody gets their own little seat on the side, which is seen in a CH-47 is webbing, and you're up against the side. It's a big, it's a big helicopter. I wish on a daily basis, everybody that, that gets caught crossing that border and they claim asylum, they turn them loose, they scoop them up, they put them in a CH-47, and they pick a different politician with reporters there that are actually going to report on it, and they land the freaking CH-47 in their driveway and drop the gate and look at the house and go, this is where you're staying, get anything you want out of the fridge, go ahead, take a shower, choose a bedroom, their house is your house, and kick them out and film. That should happen to Schumer, Pelosi, everybody like that. That, to me, would be great entertainment. And more than that, guys, it would show just how ridiculous it is that they're wanting more illegals, but they don't want more illegals around them, which is kind of the liberal agenda. Liberals always speak for everybody else when they haven't asked their permission, don't even know who they're talking about. It's just a group that they need to save somehow or another. But what I think Trump should do at the State of the Union address, <coughs> he should have a hand recorder hooked to the PA system. And, and when he gets to the border wall, whenever that is, he needs to have the quotes from, from Schumer, from Obama, from Pelosi, from Reid, all of the big politicians that were always talking about how we needed a wall, we needed to fund the wall, we have to have a border wall, we have all those quotes that you don't see on CNN and MSNBC. Because those are in the past, like, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, you, you that, those don't count anymore. But I wish he had a little hand recorder, because this, is, see, I'd be dangerous as president. I would be the most hated person of the Democrats you've ever seen. Trump would be their savior if he would get back in if I was president, because this is exactly what I would do. I would have that recorder in my pocket. I'd have it hooked to the PA system. And I would, I would quote Pelosi talking about how important Border Patrol and, and getting control of illegal immigration. And I would turn around while it's playing and stare her in the eyes with the cameras on me while you hear her quote. And then I would walk down the podium where Schumer says basically the same thing. And I would stand right in front of that man about three feet away with my arms crossed head cocked to the side, staring him in the eyeballs as everybody heard his quotes just a few years ago. And I would go down the line. And the last thing I'd finish up with all the stuff that sounds just like Trump from Obama.
And then I wouldn't say another word about it, except probably use the word hypocrisy several times. And I'd go to the next subject. There's nothing that's going to come out of Trump's mouth that would speak louder than that right there. But I, could you imagine how uncomfortable Pelosi would feel if he turned around her with her quotes playing over the intercom just looking at her? She would probably melt down right there. That's the way you have to deal with progressives. You have to bring the hypocrisy to the front in such a strong light that there's no way that they can crawfish away from it because that's what they're going to try to do. Everybody will say that's, that's non-presidential. That's a mean thing to do. That's all these things that we hear. Too much male toxicity. Did you see when he turned around to her, he was towering over her as he made her listen to her own quotes about her being a hypocrite. I mean, that's what the news would be like. You know good and well it will be. Schumer would probably start crying again. What a freaking puss that, that dude's end up being. But everybody that said it, play it. Because, see, the thing about the State of the Union, both sides are going to come in to watch it. Republicans are going to be wanting you know, Trump to do good, and all the liberals and progressives are going to be wanting to figure out how to pick it apart. But if you do something like that, it'll be mock, mic drop. You don't want to talk about something historic. That would be historic. And I'm afraid... That is why Pelosi is trying to figure out how not to have a State of the Union this year for President Trump. I mean, I don't see why he's got to have her permission anyway. Bring in the cameras, give the speech. If they don't want to be there, they don't have to be there. I mean, to me, that's the way a man would be president. All this politically correctness, that needs to go away in Washington. Because again, like we said a week or two ago, Liberals are not playing the same game. They're playing an agenda. Most most conservatives are playing truth finders. Different games. You're never gonna you're never gonna be able to play that game together because they're two totally different games. That's what I would like to see. It would be mic drop for a long time on all of this. Now, I've been hearing, you know this Gillette thing, um, they come out, uh, Gillette, you know, the, the ones that used to do all these commercials when I was young about sexy soft cheeks and stuff like that and girls in bikinis and the girls always swooning over the guy like she had no self-control because he was clean shaven so well from their razors. They come out with a commercial, which I'm sure most of y'all know about, where basically they talk about how bad men are and men need to step it up and we're just a bunch of pigs and, you know, all we do is harass women. All the, the normal feminist gobbledygook crap that they always talk about. And the more I, I got thinking about that, because I've heard some feminists talk about how... Uh, in the future thinking Gillette is as a corporation and, and this, that, and the other. You know, it's, it's insane. But what I don't get 
about feminist. And here's the thing that me personally, now this is going to be pretty much just a rant, guys, so just bear with me if you can a second. What absolutely pisses me off to no end when it comes to third wave feminist. Now, I'm not going to go, if you don't know what a third wave feminist is, you need to go look it up. That's the feminist that you see today. That's the one where it's all male privilege and it's all patriarchy and it's all the women are being kept down and everybody's abusing women and all women's are victims and just everything's so bad. They're trying to act like, you know, women were some form of slaves or something like that and still are today. That's not what a first wave feminist was. They just wanted to be treated equal under the law. I totally agree with that. Third wave, very different. It got radical second wave during the 60s and 70s, and now we went completely bat crap crazy third wave feminist. But what, what drives me nuts is, and I guess this is my problem because I'm looking at this from a truth seeker point of view instead of an agenda driven point of view. What these women want is power. They don't want fairness. They don't want equal. They want power over. And they say, well, that's what man has always had, and that's bullcrap. And I'm going to tell you why, and this is what I would like to ask a feminist. How can you be so ungrateful as you get in your car, which was designed and made by men? No, they're going to go, well, there's women that work at GM. Really? Let all the men walk off and see how many cars are made. And you're on a road that's made by men. And you're secure in your house because mostly men are police officers. Mostly men are firemen. Mostly men are combat troops. So all your security is from men. Your roads, your houses, your, your business, your skyscrapers, men. Not women, men. How can somebody be so in, ungrateful to the things that the other gender has provided? You wouldn't have had Berkeley University unless men built it with their backs. Now, there could have been a couple of token female construction people in there somewhere or working in the office. Let all the men walk off the job site and see what gets built. See, men are very simple creatures. And women, I wish, would learn to appreciate this because it's pretty simple. Men are not better than women. Men are different than women. Men protect. Men gather resources. And men build shit. That's what men do. Real men. Not these little estrogen, soft, squishy, modern men, but men, 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 like I hope you are, unless you're a woman, then I just want you to be a real woman. But if you're a man, a man is not going to be a big estrogen baby. He's not going to be weak. He's not going to be just feminine. He, that's not what a man's going to be. But everything that women reap the benefits of today was built and secured by the backs of men and the blood of men. Period.
women have an extremely important role. We are not better than, but we sacrifice in different ways than women do. The sacrifices of women is high. It always been through history. They give us babies. That's why we protect them. We love our wives. That's why we protect them. We love our country where our wives are at. That's why we die for stuff like that. We're not better than, we're different than. But just the complete ungratefulness of the modern day woman towards men because all you ever hear is male toxicity. Like, do I have male toxicity? You're dang straight I do. It's freaking nuclear and I'm proud of it. I don't even want regular male toxicity. I want it nuclear and proud of it because that's what real men are. They're masculine. They're not feminine. Now you go, you go to, you look at a lot of younger people today. Most guys are extremely feminine. They kind of look like girls. They sound like girls. They move like girls. They work like a girl physically. They think like a girl where they don't want to do the risky jobs that men have always done for civilization and died doing. Because you think about it, no power lines without men, because that's what men do. The roads, no oil, that's a man thing. So everything that we have on our day-to-day -day basis, building your house, everything is men. Now you don't have to fall down and worship men because of all the risky jobs and all the lives that they've lost to secure women throughout centuries. That's not what I'm saying. Just don't be so freaking hateful and ungrateful for everything that's been given to you by men. Most patents are held by men. That's a fact, not a feeling, not an agenda. Equal is equal. That's not what feminists want anymore. They want to be above equal. It's like they, they think because their role was more family life back in the day, which I think personally most women would be happier that way if they'd ever be honest with herself. Who in the world, just think about this, who in the right mind wants to go out and do the jobs that men do, or even in a corporate world where you're working 80 hours a week, you're getting, your your cortisol levels are through the roof because of the stress. You've got your, you got board members screaming because you're not making enough money. You got bosses that are peckerheads. You got to deal with traffic. You got changing rules and regulation and laws and taxes happening all the time. It's a constant fight. It's a constant fight. People think that even in the corporate world, that it's just a uh, just a smooth, easy road. That's crazy. What woman in their right mind thinks that that sounds like a go a fun thing to do? Now I'm sure that there are. Just like I'm sure there's a woman out there somewhere that could kick my butt. The only time I've ever lost a fight in my life, and I will tell you the honest truth, was by a girl. I was in the eighth grade. Stephen Parks was my best friend. He was a black guy. His sister weighed about 400 pounds. And I said something to her she didn't like one day, and I don't remember what it was, but she bounced me off every corner in that bus. And there wasn't a dang thing I could do about it. 
But I know even as a grown man today, there is a woman out there that can probably lift more than me as far as picking something up, kick my butt, run faster, all that. Kudos to her. That is not the norm. When I was in the military, the difference between what men had to do and women had to do to get the same scores, to get the same promotion, was laughable. Because we're different. And I'm sure there are some women that are wired, because everybody's individuals, that would want to be working 80 hours a week with all the stress with the sleepless nights, with all the pressure, all that just constantly beating on them like it's been happening to men for centuries. And they would probably thrive in that, but not the majority. Because if you ever listen to uh, Jordan Peterson, he can tell you from his personal psychiatry uh, practice, most now businesses are getting nervous of hiring lawyers that are good because most of them are spitting fire to their about 40. And they realize they would really like to be a mom. And they would really like not to work 80 hours a week. And they would really like to be a wife. And they would really like to play that role. So about 40 on in the big corporate world, women are dropping like flies. Because most of them didn't want to be there in the first place. They were convinced they had to be there or it wasn't fair. Well, when I was in the Army in the 101st Airborne, and we're doing 15-mile road marches, and it was all men with 40, 50, and 60-pound rucks and 108 degrees in Kentucky summer heat, any woman could have jumped in there with us, but what woman would have wanted to? We didn't even want to be there. Just a little gratefulness. I don't think that that is uh, too much to ask. Now, another thing about this um, that I want to talk a little bit about that I heard, and I, I've done some research on this, besides just what I've noticed in, in my life, and, and it seems to be pretty spot on, the difference between male and female. Now, there's also male culture. America is a male culture. It is aggressive, it is risk-taking, that's what it is. That's, we're losing that, we're losing it, but that's still mostly what America culture is. It's the same in Britain. It's the same in Ireland. It's the same in Scotland. It's the same in Australia. Then you have feminine cultures. Now, see, that's not a slam, it's just a thing. The first time I've ever experienced this, I was on Navajo Reservation, and I come to find out that women ran everything. Women are different. Guys protect, gather resources, and build stuff. Women are way more nurturing by nature. Thank goodness. Way more nurturing by nature. Now, when you have a feminine culture, it is a nurturing culture. In a nurturing culture, it's all about 
fairness and community and all of this stuff that gets really, really close to socialism. And it's unfair if someone has more money than someone else, even though the other person's not even working and they're working 80 hours a week. It's not fair. we got to spread it around. That's the way the Navajo way was. Anybody that got ahead there, everybody in the community and family would come strip it away from them. Normally through guilt and tradition. But it was a, a feminine culture there. Most third world countries are feminine cultures. The women, through nurturing, try to govern through nurturing. And it sounds good, and it's all nice and warm and fuzzy when you think about it, but what's the difference? Would you rather live here or in a third world country in South America like Honduras? Here, masculine. There, feminine. Females there run the household. They run a lot of the government. They run all of the schools. Everything is feminine from a feminine perspective. It's very nurturing. I don't think the women are doing down there doing anything all the Navajo race to be mean about what they're doing. But they're going to always <coughs> be a third world country with a feminine culture. See, I'm not even arrogant enough to say that we're better because we're a male culture. We're just different because we're in a male culture. And as far as income, house size, cars, roads, infrastructure, all of that, sports, all of the stuff that's our normal everyday life, that's all masculine. It's not that way in a feminist culture. Philippines, very feminist culture. Women run everything. Third world, going to stay third world. A lot of Thailand is very feminine. A lot of these countries that are that are always Mexico is very feminine. Guys don't run those houses. Guys don't run the governments. The women do. Now you have men quote in power, but the real powerful people that actually get everything done on the local level, it's always women. Cuz the men once they realize that their goal is not to gather resources, not to build stuff. They just sit back, let the women take care of them. And all of the man stuff that was there starts falling apart. It's kind of interesting when you look at it, because it puts it in perspective. If we keep getting more feminine in our culture, good, bad, or ugly, third world country. And most kids today only know how to think in the minimum, in the, in the feminine, and they're taught to be disgusted by masculine. See, we're kind of in this funny phase, I think, in America. There's still enough civilization here to keep away the uncivilized. But as we keep tearing this down and getting more feminine, the uncivilized are going to come eat the civilized take all their stuff, enslave, rape, whatever they want. There's no one going to be there to stop them. 
When you listen to talks by the military today, they think the biggest issue in America's history is there won't be enough men that are physically capable to be a soldier in the next 20 years. They're not going to be mentally strong enough because they're coddled little middle babies and they're going to be so feminized, so weak, so unmotivated that they're not going to be able to put on a rucksack and do a 15-mile road march because everybody's going to be feeling sorry for themselves and they're going to be too weak to actually do it anyway. That's what the Army and the military and the Marines are seeing is holy cow. We're going to have a, a complete nation of wusses and where are the soldiers going to be from because the uncivilized have not had it so easy where they're going to look at it and be so weak as we are. And in the world, whether you like it or not, the uncivilized always feed on the civilized when they get a chance because they want your stuff. That's the way they think. Feminine cultures are bad news if you like all the stuff that you're used to seeing today. Now, the last thing is is uh, not really a rant, guys, but it, it's, it's something I want you to think about. What I'm going to tell you is a true story without the names and with a different product. It's not from, it's not about me. It's not a story about me. It's a story of actually, there's going to be some people listening to this. It's going to be shaking their head because they saw this go down. And the person that this happened to, no one's going to know it's you, brother. So don't, don't get upset. But it is a tremendous learning lesson about the difference of being a productive revenue stream producer and a job holder. Both are fine, but there's an advantage. There's always advantage to be producer. Always an advantage. But there is a distinct advantage that a revenue stream with that produces something has over someone with a job. This is a true story. Why is trading so important from a producer's point of view? Is it any different for a producer than it is someone that has a job or salary? Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's night and day. It's the dark side and the light side of the moon difference. It's like having a son or your son burns out. It's that big of a difference. Now, everybody's got a choice to choose where they're going to be because we all have the same opportunities. Some seize on them, some don't. Some see them, some don't. Some are too scared to take that step. Some are not. Trading from a producer's point of view. What happened was there was a rifle, a fancy rifle, nice rifle. I mean, like type you apparently you just want to like take to bed with you and pet it you know if you wake up in the middle of the night just to make sure it's their type rifle $1,900 that was $2,000 less than the going price apparently someone wanted at a raffle they didn't need it so they were going to sell it $1,900 worth of price is $200 less than you're going to get it at a store that's a lot of money for a rifle 
true story, some of the facts are changed just to protect the, the people involved. Rifled $1,900, lots of money. Now, a particular person really wanted this rifle. They've actually wanted this rifle for many years because it's like the, 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 the mountaintop of what this rifle does. Be honest, I've never even heard of it. But there was it started negotiations in money. Well, I'll give you fifteen. Well, I can't take fifteen, uh, maybe eighteen. So eventually through the negotiations the prices got down to eighteen hundred dollars for this rifle. We're talking money. Now the person that really wanted the rifle started a business a while back. And they haven't been in it long enough to really see the advantages of being a business owner in this particular situation. Because if you work a job, you have to work so many hours to get $1,800. If you have a salary, you got to take a certain percentage of your salary to get that. It's not like you're going to be able to bump up your income because you want a rifle. It's going to come out of what that is. Now, the other advantage is the difference between cost of product you're trading and cost of the product or the actual retail of the price of the product you're getting. So let's say this person has a widget because they do. They have a widget that retails for $16 and it does. They wholesale that to people for $9, which is pretty common. It costs them four dollars to produce the widget so you got four dollars produce the widget nine dollars goes to wholesale 16 goes to retail so most sales are going to be about a five dollar profit on a four dollar product very it's very common that's about what it is now if you look at that from from strictly a money point of view how many bottles or widgets or knives, or boxes of stuff, or gadgets, if it's $4 going into it, how many of those do you need to sell at retail to be at $1,800? It's 118 widgets. No matter what it is, knives didn't make any difference. So you need 118 widgets at your cost that you sell at retail to have the money to pay for a nineteen or eighteen hundred dollar rifle. But when you look at it from the point of view of the producer, this is the reality that I was hoping this person grasped, but I'm not sure that they did. Because they refused the deal. Because it was such a foreign concept about what I was saying. Because you look at retail as end game when you're selling something, and you look at salary as end game when you're working for somebody. But see, that's not true for the producer. The producer has $4 into the widget that he sells retail for 12, and he needs to sell 118 widgets to get the $1,900. I think at that time, yeah, if, if the numbers were 19, it'd be 118. So it'd be less than that for 1,800. What is the cost of the rifle 
to the producer if he sells his stuff to pay for the rifle. This is where the night and day happens, guys. The producer, with those numbers I just said, and you can mix them up however you want to, but in these particular numbers, which are real, the rifle would not have cost him $1,800. It would have cost him $475. So he could have sold the product, but the only true cost to him is $475. So he's going to get the $1,800 rifle for $475. If you're not a producer, it's just $1,800. You see how that works? Because four times 118 equals 475. That would be the actual money coming out of the producer's pocket to trade for the rifle. Or $1,800 coming out of salary. Or a paycheck. So when I always push and prod and dang near beg people to come up with their own revenue streams this is why this is why now this person did not see how this works and did not get the rifle that he's been dreaming about for years now he was so excited about the rifle and how good it was and all the functions that it had and, and the reputation that it had and stuff like that, I bought it. I bought it. Because I know as a producer, it didn't really cost $1,800. It's going to cost me about $600. Now, if it's half as good as everybody was saying it was, I just bought a really good rifle for about 600 bucks. I'm going to have an asset that's worth $2,100. And since guns don't go down, it's pretty fair to say that it's going to stay at $2,100. Now, what is that? 600 into 12 is 100 so I'm going to make 200% on my production by trading my production for an asset that's sitting out there. I hope, I hope I explain this in a way where that makes sense. That is why I always pound the rock for people to have their own revenue streams, to produce something. Because the advantages in the world that we live at today, since most people are not producers, is tremendous. It's not unfair. I've made my choice. Other people have made their choice. But I would much rather go through life understanding that an eighteen or $1,900 rifle is going to cost me about 600 bucks. You can't buy something like that wholesale. I doubt they made it for that. Because the markup on guns are not that much.
think about that as you see opportunities come your way, guys, please. It's not easy, nor should it be. It's never as simple as you think it is, nor should it be. You have to work at it. You have to learn. You have to study. You have to grow. You have to change. You have to learn a lot more than you ever thought that you would. But the long-term reward for being a producer is tremendous in a world where most people are not producers. And I would love for everybody that listens to Trapping Radio to get the advantages in life of a producer. <laughs> 